what utter mental peace to know that like even if my life is stressed out I, I sometimes I think back and I'm like well I have an emergency fund and I don't have debt so like even if I'm totally stressed I'm like not going to be out on the streets like I'm fine you know there's just such a mental peace that comes from financial peace Did you finally realize your dream of having a family only to have your happily ever after turn into a nightmare? Do you find yourself up late at night wondering why nothing you try as a parent is working? Are you searching for adoption resources and a support team but can't find any? Hi neighbor, welcome to Anchors of Encouragement. I'm Tim Maudlin, husband, adoptive parent, Bible class teacher, and the persistent encourager. I too felt the joy of having a family of my own, and I wished we could be like other adoptive families. I knew we were doing our best, but nothing seemed to work. And I kept asking myself, why is this happening to us? In Anchors of Encouragement, my mission is to throw adoptive parents a lifeline and be your anchor, to offer biblical mindset support, and to provide stability when life gets unstable. If you're ready for real and raw talk that leads to peace beyond comprehension, so you not only survive but thrive in life's storms, this podcast is for you. Hope and healing are on the way. Hi, neighbor. Welcome to another episode of Anchors of Encouragement. You're going to be in for a treat today because you don't have to listen to me talk the whole time. Instead, you're going to get to hear from my guest, Kara Walker. She is the host of the podcast Money and Mental Peace. And you might think, why are you bringing someone on to talk about money and mental peace? Well, Kara comes at money and mental peace from a biblical mindset. And this podcast that I have for you is biblical mindset support for adoptive parents. And I don't care whether you're an adoptive parent or not. Money and mental peace is really important. And we'll talk about some of the challenges that adoptive parents can face with regards to uh, money. But Kara's coming at this from a very unique perspective, and I'll let her explain that to you. But when I I heard what she did, it amazed me. And I'll I'll share my wife and I's story in a second with that, too. But Kara, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you uh, coming on and talking to my audience. And as we get started, can you tell me a little bit about who you are and what made you or what motivated you to create this podcast, Money and Mental Peace? That's so nice of you to have me on and to say such kind things. That's Thank you so much. And can I also just brag on you, Tim, for a minute? He probably wouldn't tell you all this, but I'm going to tell you all this, that um, Tim, your podcast has now jumped up to global rank top 3% on Listen Notes. So I don't know if you've checked that recently, but congratulations. That means that people want to listen to you. And um, I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, that's that's huge, actually. Well, thank you. It's uh, it's it's cool. I've got somebody to shoot for because you're I think you're top two percent, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I am now. Um, but yeah. I've been doing it a little bit longer than you. Well, six months longer. So it'll be fine. We'll all get there. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm learning from you. So. Go ahead and, and teach us today because you you know your stuff here. Thank you. And to be honest, I am sorry. What did you ask me? You just wanted me to introduce myself again or get well, what I did. Okay. Your your podcast is Money and Mental Peace. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a reason that you named it that what named mm-hmm. it that way. And there's a reason that 
that has motivated you because just tell a little bit of your backstory because my audience doesn't know you, but once they hear, hear your age, I mean, folks, she's just a little bit older than my, my oldest son. Mm -hmm. Eric could be my daughter. Okay. (laughs) And I wish I knew what she knew when I was her age, because, and I'll explain why in a second, but it would have saved me 10 years of, of writing a check every month. And she'll explain what she's, what we're talking about here now. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah. So I grew up in a Christian household. Um, My parents, I believe, gave me a good impression of money, but I went from good impression of money to like fanatically passionate about money, which sounds funny sometimes. Um, but in when I was 16, I did Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University for a personal finance class in high school. And so basically I I learned um, I, I don't know what it is like nowadays. And if it's in a public school, I don't know if they have the Christian aspects of it, but I was homeschooled. So there's a connection. Um, and that basically money can have a step-by-step organized process to get you from, or whoever's listening, you know, zero or, or negative, I don't know, a hundred thousand dollars in debt or whatever to like, a millionaire, you know, and, and not that the quote unquote millionaire is like that goal of life, but you know, that's just like a, like a phrasing, like a perspective. Like I learned steps to budgeting and paying off debt and um, investing and how stinking amazing compound interest is. Like, for example, this is totally random, but whenever I have kids, I of course would have to talk to my husband, but I am thinking of like not saving a college fund for them because I, I talk about how to find scholarships and other things. I'll teach them that. I want to start saving in their Roth IRA when they are born because if you save like fifty to a hundred dollars a month for your kid by the time they're eighteen, depends on the percentage rates and interest rates then. So I'm just shooting from the hip here. But by the time they're like ready to go off in the world, they could have a hundred thousand dollars in their four hundred one k. Or I'm I'm sorry, their Roth IRA because of compound interest. Compound interest grows. I don't know. I was just fascinated with all of this, and um, I liked math too. So I mean, I guess that's a connection point. Uh, so I <laughs> just got on board. I got on board to like budgeting. I would get excited to sit down and write out what I was earning. And this is when my only income was like babysitting and you know random money from grandparents. And I did kind of get an allowance, but it was pretty small. And it was kind of like, so my parents would teach me about how to handle money. Anyways, side note. Um, yeah. So I think it goes back to God teaching us and kind of the, like, if you're responsible with a little, um, he guides you to much. Now, to be honest, I don't make a ton of money right now in, in the world standards, like I'm still growing, but it's just like, I loved starting then, you know, and I got, from just like a good perspective of money to like fanatically interested in it. But I want to clarify, there are mindsets we have as Christians around money. Um, We can go to the extreme of wanting it more than God, but also the extreme of thinking money is bad. Like the Bible says, there are key words here. The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. So that's loving money. And that's a root. It's not money is the root of all evil. And I think people paraphrase that wrong because personally, I would rather 
deep, mature, strong Christians to be the ones who hold and handle the money of the world and use it for God's glory, you know, but we tend to think like, oh, like it's, it's bad, you know, money is as good or as bad as how you handle it. And that equals time is as good or as bad as how you handle your time. Energy is as good and as bad as how you handle your energy. You could use time, money, and energy for criminal activity, (laughs) or you could use it for amazing things, you know? Anyway, so that just led me from fascinating perspective, mindset on money, all the things to, if I'm going to do this thing, um, I need to go. And I wanted to go to college. Like you don't have to go to college, but I wanted to go to college. Well, then I, I wouldn't, I I don't want debt. So I, (laughs) I basically leapfrogged and stopped and started like I was driving, you know, uh, stick shift, you know, to figure out how to pay for college debt free. And my parents didn't pay for it. This is me doing it. To clarify, they blessed me so much with letting me live at home, which was just a huge emotional support and financial support. But like I did grants, scholarships, internships, I paid cash sometimes. Um, And so that led me on to be able to graduate college debt-free. And exactly the month after I graduated college, I started a business. So I didn't, I didn't, because I didn't have debt, I had to pay back. So I, I just... I didn't get a job. I just started my own business and I immediately started saving for retirement because I'm such a nerd and I had been looking forward to saving for retirement since I was like 20. So um, not that you have to be like that, but that's kind of my step in a nutshell from how I got to this point. And then that ties in, I think, to your podcast, Tim, because what utter mental peace to know that like, even if my life is stressed out, I, I sometimes I think back and I'm like, well... I have an emergency fund and I don't have debt. So like, even if I'm totally stressed, I'm like not going to be out on the streets. Like I'm fine. You know, there's just such a mental piece that comes from financial peace. And I think that could also affect anyone listening, like your marriage and then your parenting because financial issues are often a main form of divorce or like estrangement with kids and whatnot. Um, So I'm just passionate about that. And that might have been a little too long, but I hope that made sense. So thank you for asking me. No, it made perfect sense. And when I said, I wish I knew what you knew back when I was in school, because I took a loan out, my wife took loans out. And when we got married, we were still paying off our school loans. Mm -hmm. And, you know, mine was 10 years. And I, I still remember the amount I paid every month. I had to write that check. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of what we did back then. And, you know, we paid our way. But boy, if I knew some of the things that you've discovered on your own and have implemented in your own life, it would have made things a lot simpler. And, you know, I could have been throwing that chunk of change. Well, it was more than a chunk of change every month. I could have been putting that and investing that into retirement instead of paying it off, paying the loan off. So, well, it would have been so much easier, but you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. What I'm hoping is that having you on here can help adoptive parents because of the challenge. They're, they're facing so many different challenges, but one of the things that having you on here can help them to say, okay, this is a part of raising our kids that. Kara can help them with, and we can kind of defer to Kara and just listen to her because you are more 
closer to their age. And when they hear someone in their peer group or close to their peer group saying, here's how I did it. Do you want to be debt free? Okay. They're more likely to listen. So that's one of the reasons that I wanted you on here. Another idea, you know, you talked about, you didn't use the word, this word, but I think the Bible talks a lot about stewardship and being responsible with what the things we are given. And so that's really important as well. Uh, One of the things that happens with adoptive families is there, there's some financial hurdles that you have to overcome. And I'll, I'll briefly mention some of these and then Kara can help speak to, to more what we can, how we can use this to help our mindset. But you know, my wife and I went through in vitro. That was, we'd do it again. Uh, we went through uh, the adoption process. Now, today, funding adoptions is a lot, there's a lot more helps out there, not a lot more resources, but, you know, we would absolutely do it all over again. But then when we get to the, the actual niche for this podcast, there's adoption trauma. That can really impact your family as well financially and so having these these ideas about money and mental peace how you can approach money in in ways that you can can save even if you aren't necessarily saving for college if you are helping if you're trying to find ways and you know Kara has different aspects of how she approaches it they might help you as well and then I'm throwing several things at you at once here but if you can help these adoptive parents navigate their children to the point where when they get ready for college, there are some things that might be available for them if they want to pursue college or a trade or something. There's a lot of things we can talk about, but take any one of those things and I'll just let you start running with it. Okay. (laughs) That's nice of you to say. Um, Yeah. So just like the whole um, money steps have like a a step-by-step process. Dave Ramsey calls it his baby steps. Um, I have that mindset as well. So like, let's imagine what we would like the ideal to be and then kind of work backwards. So um, just imagine being able to have a godly perspective, you know, healthy money steward mindset um, with money and how it brings such mental peace to your life and, and, you know, allowing that to help you adopt handle adoption trauma, pay for whatever's needed. And, you know, it might be like a definite like pinch that you're like in sacrifice to like spend money on these things, but to not have it be a deathly blow. You know what I mean? Uh, So, but I think what's the end goal here? Like, you know, there's raising children for the glory of God and imagine your kid is able to be off at college and have it paid for or it's in process of being paid for, you know, and they come home and money isn't a stressor between the two of you. And your kid comes home from college and actually wants to like talk to you and hang out with you. And there is peace in your relationship. There is mental health growing. You know, we have stressors, we have troubles. It's not that everything will be perfect, but I just you know, I don't even have kids and I'm such a nerd with money stuff that I already have my own like ideology of how I would teach my kids whenever I'd have kids, you know? So, um, in my opinion, that's a great goal, but like going backwards from that, I think 
being able to show them how to graduate debt-free is a step. Sure, you can listen to my podcast for that. But like, let's keep going backwards to like the root of, of all of this. I think before that, it's just a healthy money mindset with, with kids. And I think before that, it's a healthy money mindset for yourself and how kids soak up what you do and your attitudes more than what you say to them sometimes. And so then that goes back to, I think, your marriage. Like, I mean, are you guys on the same page with money? It's going to be hard to impart that to your kids. And then that goes back to your relationship with God. So if you followed that, um, getting to the point of just such healthy adoption life and family life and money perspective and stewarding money for God's kingdom all comes back, in my opinion, to your relationship with God. Like, that's usually how I start the steps. Like, are you having daily time with him? And to not freak out, it doesn't have to be some really organized thing. It can be talking to him while you're driving to pick your kids up from school. Like, are you at least doing something like that every day or reading a Bible verse, journaling like Tim talks about? Um, And I think that can establish the foundation, the anchor, right? The anchor of encouragement. That's the anchor to all of this. Um, But we are here to talk about money. So in my opinion, the next step is, getting on the same page with your spouse. And um, I don't know how much you want me to go into the practical yet, Tim, or at all, but I think the next step is being able to have a budget, but don't freak out about it. Budgets are calendars for your money. If something comes up in your week, you can rearrange your calendar. If something comes up in your month, you can rearrange your budget. It's not a straitjacket. It's a Tell your money where to go instead of wondering where in the world it went. That is what a budget is. And I think that can trickle down to establishing healthy, um, you know, uses and stewarding of money in your marriage, allowing you to um, have funds to adopt and deal with, you know, trauma and families and mental health professionals and whatever that can show you that you have enough money to pay off your debt, that you have enough money to maybe help your kids with college, like to actually just see where your money is going is how all of this is going to be possible. So in my opinion, we c- I hope that wasn't too confusing. I kind of went backwards. It's really the daily time with God as big or small as you want it, not a pressured thing, but just a talking with like your friend, you know, and then that leads to knowing where your money's going. And and just even that as a foundation, as, as your anchors are what can lead into having money and mental peace in your entire family, in your entire family tree. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where I would, I would love to note on that. Of course, we could go into different topics of that and, and talking to your kids about money, but I'm not sure if we want to go on that angle or just having enough money to adopt. But I would say that is kind of my ideology. Yeah. yeah. It, it, that makes sense. And I'll tell you what, is we're, we're going through this and I'm thinking about all the things you're saying. Uh, if you're up to it, we'd probably have you back on because there are so many different yeah. aspects. And I'm going to throw... I'm going to throw a couple of two or three different things out there. And then we're going to just nail one for this episode. One of the things there are some of my listeners are fostering children with the hopes to adopt them. Now, when in some cases, when children come through the foster system, depending upon what country they come from or whatever money mindset can really be a, a, a 
a trigger and it can be something that can really be um, devastating to the family because the kids just don't understand the concept of money. And when money, when they first see money, they go, wow. And then they want to spend, spend, spend. That's not good. Okay. The other thing, and I liked when you talked about the budget that a lot of our listeners are just beginning the adoption journey. And I don't want to paint a picture that everyone's going to have to go through trauma like my wife and I did. But to some extent, there's going to be some challenges from the adoption. And if you were setting aside money on a regular basis to be able to allocate that later on to something, that's a good thing, too. The third thing, this whole idea of prepping them for college, um, let's Let's narrow that one down today, I think, because you in our we in our discussions back and forth before the podcast, you were telling me some things that you understand about uh, preparing your finances for college and what kind of scholarships and that kind of thing. And I think or I know that's going to be fascinating to some of our listeners today as their children, their adopted children are preparing for college. So can we take maybe that one and kind of just uh parse it out a little bit more? Yeah, I have so many ways to parse. <laughs> um, did you want to talk about um, like a certain age range or or just however I, I went about doing it? Maybe how you went about doing it and some of the things through your uh, research and what you've discovered that are applicable for adopted kids specifically that um, because you were telling me about scholarships and mm-hmm. how that you found scholarships and grants. Well, mm-hmm. you were telling me some things about adopted kids that are out there that people might not realize. And sure. let's just maybe go with that because that would be a good starting point just as parents start to, to prepare their kids for that and maybe start to think about putting money aside and such. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I'm going to go to two branches here. Um, We're going to talk scholarships and testing out of classes, but I do want to just insert, there are scholarships out there that even start at age like 13, 14. So um, like there's a potential for people to talk about when do they start looking at scholarships? I mean, you can start now if you want to, you know, no pressure. Like I didn't do a ton of them until I was in college. So I'm not trying to freak you out that you have to start early, but there is potential of any range of like later middle school through high school to get started. So it's not like you have to wait to a certain time. So yes, there are two angles to this. The one is scholarships and to lesser extent grants. I say lesser extent because that can depend on the state you're in. They might, you know, I got a a state of Michigan grant. Um, Speaking of the Midwest, because yeah, I'm there too. You had told me that earlier, but also other states might have something specifically related to foster care or, you know, adoption. I'm not 100% sure because they change each year, but there is definitely potential of that. But scholarships specifically, I think people don't always know how easy it is to look up scholarships, but I'm going to do it right now in real time to show you. I'm going to just type in, I actually use DuckDuckGo. I'm actually going to type in scholarships for adopted children. And Scholarships 360 comes up with top 12 scholarships for adopted children and foster children. 
in December 2022. Wow, they're very specific. So, but you can totally look this up for other months as well. It's just this is when we're recording this. It's literally giving me 12 on different ones eligibility, amount, um, when the deadline is. For example, this one is Adoption Star Academic Scholarship Program, high school seniors who are adopted or in foster care whose transcript either shows high performance or trends of improvement. So that's specifically for seniors, high school seniors. As I go through, there are other ones that are specific to different states. Um, Maryland, Oklahoma, Oregon, or Oregon, however you pronounce it. <laughs> and then also specific ones for a certain GPA level, other ones, you know, out there for um, biracial uh, students, at age ranges, who are under the, this one says it's for Vermont students who were in DCF custody after the age of 14, but are still under age 26. There are a lot of specifics out there, but basically on my podcast, I also teach you how to find them. And so there are totally scholarship opportunities, but not only for universities, like I'm all for trade schools. I'm all for learning to start your own business. And with trade schools, sometimes that can vary. And also all of these scholarships can sometimes change year to year. So I don't have specific answers for each point, but they I just want to tell you they're out there. And not only do you have to look up scholarships for adopted children, but what is your kid into? You know, there are there are some out there for STEM if they're into like science, technology, engineering, math. There's stuff in there for if you're, you know, Latino, um, specific different racial ethnicities. And if you know Klingon, like there's a scholarship out there for students who learned Klingon from Star Trek, you know, there are random ones out there. And then also there are those like life growth and like going through hard times, like essay scholarships and adoption or foster care is a phenomenal point. Not that they need to air all their trauma. But if your student wants to talk a little bit about some of the stuff they've overcome, that that can be discussed in scholarship essays and such. So all of this is so applicable to whoever's listening, whatever your student is going through, all the things. So that's one angle. And I did have uh, another point that hopefully might blow your mind. A lot of people don't know about this, but did you want to say anything on on that or ask me anything on that first well that was a mic drop right there because <laughs> honestly knowing what to search and knowing that there are things there are resources like this out there that can give you know money and mental peace to adoptive parents yeah. as they're navigating these this adoption journey they go hey there are resources available as i try to prepare these children to leave the nest. I mean, that's the whole goal. And so whether it's college or trade or whatever, there are resources that can help offset the financial, you know, challenges that are, are there as well. So mm -hmm. we, we could condense this to, you know, the last two or three minutes because that really nailed it. So thank you so much for that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That, that is like why I do this. I like mm -hmm. to, <laughs> I like to surprise people on like what money's out there. Yeah, that, um, that was helpful. There's there are two angles. That's that's getting money, but also there's the aspect of lowering expenses. And um, 
has anyone, this is a rhetorical question, but has anyone out there heard of testing out of classes or CLEP tests, et cetera? CLEP is called college level examination program. And it's ways that you can lower college expenses by testing out of classes. And that Mm -hmm. means that your student has already learned this, possibly even if your student's in foster care and has gone to a lot of different schools and homes, but like they really love history, for example, um, you can have them go take the CLEP test. And if they pass it, they get three to six college credits. It's not expensive (laughs) whatsoever. I saw you unmute. Did you want to say something about that? No. That okay. that's helpful too because you know you just don't know where the interests of the the kids are going to be. But if they have a a tendency to where they aspire something and they can test out, I mean that just it's money saving and you know it's it's time savers too because you don't have to invest that time to go through some of the remedial stuff if you already mastered it. So mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. And if they already mastered it, absolutely. But also, if your kid is in a class like algebra or you know principles of marketing or whatever and they finish that class in high school you could have them go try to test out of it (laughs) you know and just see if they get college credit right from that and if they don't it's not that much money off your back so honestly I don't know what it is as when you listen to this the price might grow etc but like when I did it it would be like a hundred bucks to take uh, class, a uh, club test, right? And so I actually would study on my own. Well, actually, I'd study with a friend a lot. I'd get a $20 study guide on Amazon. And I would, I did this not in high school, but I found out about it after high school. My first year of college, I literally just stayed home and studied stuff on my own, well, with a friend, and I tested out of classes. And I got half of my associate's degree done. So 30 college credits for like 600 bucks. And they were legit credits that transferred to my community college. The key is you need to know if they transfer. So you got to ask ahead of time if they transfer to a handful of schools that your student's looking to. Mm -hmm. But CLEP tests are very highly transferable. So that's my other mic drop. (laughs) Yeah, that is too. Because again, one of the things, you know, when you start college, you go, oh man, I'm going to be, you know class after class after class. And, you know, you probably had more freedom to do things with your friends because you weren't, you know, going to class every day because you could kind of, you know, make your own schedule too, whenever Mm -hmm. you wanted to study and what was convenient for you. So that's, those are all really good points. And so I'm thinking that there are adoptive parents listening to this that are going to want their kids to hear what you're saying, because uh, again, they can hear from somebody closer to their peer age mm-hmm. and they can start to understand, okay, as I want to become or get into adulthood and start to establish a career and get some training for that, Kara can help me. I want to thank you so much for coming on here and sharing these things. And I'm thinking there's going to be some other ideas that we can investigate in future episodes. But this, I think, is enough to really get um, adoptive parents and their children excited about the possibilities of investing in their future without having to go bankrupt either. So that's, mm-hmm. I really thank you so much for coming on here. Um, thank you so much for having me. Um, 
I realized I didn't la- add this last point, and it's like 20 seconds fast, if you don't mind. Oh, sure. Go ahead. Um, with testing out of classes, there's this company called Modern States that provides study guides and voucher programs. So, like, if your student passes the CLEP test, they will reimburse you. So, I did not know about this in college. This is since college. So, potentially, there are students out there who are getting their freshman year of college for free. Because they test out of classes and they get reimbursed through this company, Modern States. And so not even just $600 or $1,000, like some free college out there. And you don't even have to be, you know, foster care and adopted to get like this scholarship. This is just lowering the price. So I wanted to name that. And yeah, there are more tips and tricks on my podcast. So, <laughs> well, tell them how you, how they can find you and where your your podcast is. Thank you. Yeah, you can find me at Money and Mental Peace podcast on every major podcast network you can find. Um, I you didn't name this last time when you were on mine, but I also actually listen a lot on Google Podcasts. So there's Spotify and you know Apple and all the things. And yeah, and we talk about a lot of other things, like some other random things I did in college was like how I got paid to take notes and sit in class and take notes, how I got paid to do um, when I did my homework, how I, you know, got really cheap textbooks, how I did very random scholarships and like got a class paid for when I was a tutor and just all these other things. And then we also talk about how to find God's path for college. So my tagline is find God's path for college and graduate loan and debt free. So we're also connecting it to God and just what his direction is for you to take the next step or your kid to take the next step. So I can be found all of those places at money and mental peace, as well as money and mental peace.com and on Instagram at money and mental peace. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, this has been great. I, I really appreciate it. And I'm, I know that my audience is going to just uh, gravitate to your podcast and and hear these different tips that you have because there's so many more things that you could have talked about today and and we just touched skimmed the surface. So again, thank you so much. And as we sign off, you know, there's a a phrase I always use: "Do what you can now." And Kara is showing what you can do now with your money to give you that financial peace that will help you navigate your life. And so again, uh, thank you so much, Kara. And uh, this is Tim encouraging everyone to do what you can now. If this podcast has given you the courage and confidence to face storms in your life, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review on Apple podcasts. Tell a friend about the show. Take a screenshot of this episode and share it in your Instagram stories and tag me at Tim Maudlin. You can also connect with me in my Facebook group, Anchors of Encouragement. So until next time, this is Tim encouraging you to do what you can now.